Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Hey Mitch. So Mitch is, um, is going to interview me this morning. Um, this is going to be fun. I said he could have free reign. Though I did give him some questions. <laughs> so it's not quite free reign, but you can go wherever you like, man. I don't care. <laughs> we'll work it out as we go, eh? Um, just so you know, um, so this is, uh, I'm, I'm taking a sabbatical from today, and, um, and I won't be here uh, for a while. Um, in fact, I'll be back in August. And, um, you know, um, at one level, it's, um, I feel like I need a break. Um, but at another level, um, I'm gutted because I hate being away from this place. I really do. I, I love this place and I love each and every one of you so much. And um, to be away from here is, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to cope with that. Um, we'll go and visit some other churches and go, man, I wish I was back at Glen Eden. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to miss this place and um, yeah. But remember this before you get going, mate. Remember this, you know. So, um, you know, and, and I, I said this a little while ago, but in the last two and a half years and the journey that we've been on and as, as a church and as a community and the journey our trust has been on and, and our nation and, and this world, the, the one thing that always remains, right, and it's always important, is that we hold on to Christ. And we, we never let go, we never take our eyes off Christ, what he has done, what he is doing. Um, he will not leave us nor forsake us. Um, and so while I'm away, please don't take your eyes off Christ. Um, anyone preaches anything different, we'll bring back stoning. Stoning's okay. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> we don't want to get this. Sorry, Mitch is an elder, he's going, what the heck's going on here? Mitch, go for it, bro. Yeah, well, um, my, fir <laughs> my first question actually was, um, you know, that you're talking about sabbatical. It's like, well, how much are you going to miss us? But you already answered that. Sorry, so. bro. I didn't yeah. even give you that question, eh? No, no, I came up with that. Oh, um, good, bro. Yeah. I've, uh... <laughs> we love initiative. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, basically, um, you've been with us Five years on first of July is five July. years. Yeah, yeah, five years. So a well deserved break. That's through COVID, just a million changes. Um, yeah, we are more than happy to let you have some time off and have a break. <laughs> I'm grateful don't, to the elders. Yeah, don't feel, uh, don't feel uh, like you're letting us down because you absolutely deserve it. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, so the first question is, well, how has COVID challenged us to look at what and how we do church? Yeah, hasn't that been an interesting time? Um, we've had so many iterations of church in the last two and a half years, haven't we? Yeah, we've been online, we've been on the ground, we've been separated um, in seats. Um, there's been everything. We've, we've done everything. Like most churches, they... A lot of, yeah, I think just every church has, has strived or struggled or succeeded um, in, in trying to uh, keep church going, right? And keep it moving. 
um, in what has been a very unusual time in history for each and every one of us. Um, for us, um, it's forced us to ask some questions. And I think, you know, um, I don't want to say I'm thankful for COVID, but, you know, COVID has forced us to ask some questions about what it means to be church. Questions like, um, the first one, like I think when we first went into lockdown in 2019 was kind of like, oh my goodness, how now do we pastorally care for people? And then we realized how disconnected we were from people actually outside of a Sunday. Um, it was a big question. And man, did we rally hard and pull people in to say, can you phone these people? Can you phone these people? You know, and then we're ringing people and people are going, oh, thanks for calling. You know, no, no one's called me for two and a half years. You know, like, oh. you know, like really serious questions about pastoral care. Um, it asks, forced us to ask the question about how do people belong? How do we belong to a church? And how do we have connection in a place like this? How do we have connection? Really important questions. Um, because when we went into lockdown, I think in 2019, apart from scrambling to go, how do we pastorally care for people? We're kind of going, wow, like, actually a lot of people are disconnected. Um, and not really that sense of belonging, you know. And, and I'd get phone calls from people saying, you know, I, I feel like I'm alone. And I said, that's gutting, you know, big question. And then another big question that COVID asked us is, what does mission look like in a COVID-ravaged world? What does mission look like now? Because I'm sure it doesn't look the same as it did before COVID. And so these were really big questions that, um, we began to wrestle with as church staff, um, myself and, and eldership. We, we talked and we wrestled and we had conversations and it began to frame things a little bit, yeah. Okay, and now that you've got a bunch of those questions, <laughs> what is your idea of, you know, this idea of growing smaller as a church and, you know, being able to fill those spaces, fill yeah. those pastoral care. So let's preempt that a little bit, right? So um, let's we'll back it up a little bit. But, you know, um, I think before COVID, and I, I don't know if you know how things work, but we are required to uh, take a, a number count of everybody who comes on a Sunday um, so that we can report that back to the Baptist Union each year. This is how many people we've got coming to the Sunday service. Um, and then we might report other numbers. So this is how many people are in youth group or so on and so on. Um, and so for me, it, it's, it's felt a little bit like church before COVID was run from the center. It was everything evolved around this, what we're doing right now. Uh, the numbers, um, is how, how things feel, how things are going was all related to who could make it on a Sunday and how Sunday felt and went. And a lot less about what was happening through the week. And so um, I think what COVID's done is, you know, if I could run to the back of the room there, it's, it's, it's helped me go, oh, actually, let's go to the fringe and look back at the church. Not from the center looking out, but go to the back at the fringe and look back in again and then start to ask the questions, oh, how does this work when you're out there? And, and what does church look like in the week? Week in and week out. 
not just on a Sunday. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm not saying that Sunday isn't important. The gathering's important. We know when we read the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2 that they met in the temple and they met in the homes. The gathering's important because this is where we worship God. This is where we praise God and bless God in this place. This is where we encourage one another. And this is where the gifts of the Spirit manifest as we come together so that we're encouraged in this journey of faith together. We're built up in this place. So Sunday's important, but it's not everything. It's important what happens through the week. And that's where this whole thing, growing smaller, emerged. It's the oxymoron, right? Growing smaller. What do you mean you were growing smaller? Well, sometimes, you know, what a business will do, if a business is in a bit of a trouble, sometimes they might break it down into smaller chunks in order to rebuild and to build up again. Um, if I'm going to a gym, I've got to lose some of this baby fat I've got, you know, in order to build muscle. And, and I think as a church, what we've done is we're going growing smaller. Actually, we've got to break out of the center and go, what's happening through the week? What's happening in the fringes of our church? And then start to build up from there. Growing smaller. Growing smaller. So that sparked the whole initiative. So what does that look like? How do we do that? And so we came up with the idea of breaking or segmenting Auckland into five areas, five zones, if you like. Um, well, that's the best name we've got for them so far, but I'm sure that'll change. Five zones, and then we worked our database um, and broke the database down so that we could actually print off zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four, zone five. And now with that data, we look at the data and we can look at it and go, wow, look at that in zone one. There's three life groups meeting in that zone. These people are going to the life groups, so that makes up about 30 or 40 people out of that zone. But the other 80 to 90, no one's connected in any way whatsoever. Wow! Never noticed that before. Look at the disconnection. Look at the disconnection. And every zone we went through, sure, there's a life group here or a life group there, but there's so many people, I would say, you know, and I haven't done the percentage on it, but if I gave it a rough guess... I would say there's like 65, maybe 70% of the church that are not connected in some way. How do they find belonging in church if they're not connected in any way? It's not fair. I really feel, I really feel for people in that space. And so, so we've created these zones and we put in place zone leaders. Um, they have a whole job description, and it's kind of like they're lay pastors in some way, but their, their role in these zones is to, um, to look after life group leaders. Um, it is to look and to uh, have a strategic look at their zone and go, wow, here's all these people who aren't connected. How might we begin to connect these people and maybe create another life group here or there? Maybe there's some people who don't want to be in a life group. Well, how will they stay connected? And how can we work that? So everybody in the zone feels like they've got a connection. They feel like they belong, even if they're not in a life group. How can we do that? And so we put some zone leaders in place. So I actually want to introduce you to some zone leaders right now. Henry and Elshin, will you stand up, please? And Clifton Sprigg, will you stand up, please? Carolyn Nielsen, will you please stand up? And Greg and Libby Palmer, 
Would you please stand up? These are currently, these people have volunteered. <laughs> They're so brave. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Thank you, team. They volunteered to pioneer something that we know nothing about. <laughs> they are pioneers, and uh, we're journeying with them in these zones um, to work out what this looks like. And uh, so one of the, you know, that's, that's basically the smaller picture, but the bigger picture of growing smaller is what we're wanting to do uh, within these zoned areas is that maybe four times a year, maybe five times a year, whatever it is, we bring life groups together. And they have a day in the park or a beach day or something like that. You know, it's not a big spiritual thing. They just get together and get to know one another, right? And they journey together. And so they start to build trust and love and connection and belonging as they meet through the week. And their life groups, as they meet now and again, as life groups come together, they could even have a touch rugby competition, mate. We used to do that, eh, between us and TBC. Those were fun days, man. I remember putting a shoulder back in on the rugby field. Because one of you guys ran down, the TBC youth guys. <laughs> they were good times, man. They were good times. Um, but, you know, I want you to picture something with me, church. I want you to picture something with me. Let's start here, now. And if I ask you the question, how many people do you actually know in the room? How many people will you actually have a deep conversation with today in this place? We meet and we greet and we're lovely. Yes, we are. But it's not really that deep on a Sunday. Now imagine, and I'm thinking two to three years from now, imagine you're in a life group in zone one. Oh, and there's seven other life groups in zone one. And in the last sort of Four months, you've met a couple of times down at the park and you played football and had Barbie. The kids have got to know one another. And you've had some good relationship and good conversation, right? It's got deeper. Now, imagine that over every zone. And then we come together on a Sunday. What does the room feel like now? You know one another. You've had deep relationship. You've played together. You've eaten together. What's it going to be like when we worship? You're going to be coming off the, off the, the you know, what are these, rafters. You're going to be coming off the rafters. It's going to be so good. because, And that's looking from the outside and looking back rather than looking from the center and trying to do it from here. When we build good community outside, we're growing smaller. It changes everything when we gather. Do you see it? Oh, no, I don't know. I get excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. You got another question? <laughs> well, you kind of just uh, you kind of just answered this one, but um, paint a like paint a picture of what you see for the future of GBC past that. Oh, mate. Yeah. So, well, I've just given you kind of an image of that, and that's one of the things that I'm kind of gifted in. Is I can see something. The trouble is I'm too impatient to get there most of the time. But yeah, so this is, this is a two to three year journey. It may be a little bit longer, but we're going to have to just chip away at the journey to get there. Um, but what I picture is just I picture more depth in relationship here. I, I picture, you know, stronger connection between whanau um, 
in, in Tamariki and, you know, the kids. I, I picture something different. And I just picture a deeper sense of worship and, you know, um, and, and faith. I think our faith will go to new levels because we're that connected with one another. You know, it's, to me, it's, it's kingdom living. It's living in the kingdom. Um, because that's what God's called us to. He's called us and adopted us into a family. And his family lives within the kingdom, and so we, we start to live in this kingdom lifestyle. It's fantastic, man. It's fantastic. Can't wait. I might stay away and come back in three years and just go, yeah! No, no, I won't do that. <laughs> uh, well, it's, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, exciting. Really exciting mm. to see us as a church grow closer, grow smaller, and just um, yeah, have those deep uh, conversations yeah, that can, can really open up that space mm. for true worship. Yeah. 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 Oh, I believe it, bro. Yeah. Thanks, man. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a journey getting there, mm. you know, um, and there might be resistance and that kind of thing, but I, I 110% believe that God's calling us to be that kind of community. Awesome. Absolutely. Right, can I invite Barry and the other elders? Isn't up? there another question? Is there one there about mission? No, man. Isn't it? Let me check my list. <laughs> oh, you're right. I didn't give you that. Oh, no, 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 no. Here it is. What does mission look like in this reshaped world? Oh, you didn't get the question. <laughs> yeah, ask the question now. Uh, what, what does mission look like in this reshaped world? Great question, Mitch. <laughs> That is such a good question. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is where um, maybe, maybe the evangelists in the room feel like I'm kind of leaving the platform a little bit. But um, I have a different vision for what mission looks like in this reshaped world. And um, I'm going to call it the Kiwi way. The Kiwi way. Because we're Kiwis, right? No matter where you come from, we're Kiwis. You live here, you're a Kiwi. And I'm going to call it the Kiwi way. Um, you know, in the past, and, and what I used to do, and when I first started at uh, Tutorangi Baptist, um, Pastor Jonathan, who's in the room today, mate, thanks for calling me into that role, bro. That's so good. Um, one of my roles was teaching um, evangelism and teaching how to share your faith with people. And often... You know, the training we give is about how to share your faith or how to share the gospel. And I'm not going to say that anything's wrong with that. But that's been our mode and it's been our only mode of, being, of teaching evangelism. And we pray about or, you know, um, pray for your neighbors, pray for a friend. Um, pray for that opportunity to what? Share your faith or share the gospel. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. But I think there's another way. And it's the Kiwi way. And what I wanted to do was have a barbecue up on stage this morning. Um, but let me make this statement, and this is a little bit controversial. But if you want to make mission easy, don't make people the target. If you want to make mission easy, don't make people the target. So nothing wrong with what we've been trained in, nothing wrong with how to share the gospel, how to share your faith. The trouble is when we try to make our friends family or our neighbors a target rather than someone who needs to be loved. 
Jesus taught us to love and to serve, not to target. Some of you might agree or disagree with that. That's okay. It's just how I feel. (laughs) So this is what I think the Kiwi way looks like. Now, I'm a fairly friendly sort of bloke. So when I move into a neighborhood, I like to get to know my neighbors. So in December 1st, when we moved into our new house, there's a house below us. I hung over the fence and said, hey, neighbor, how's it going? (laughs) Go to my next door neighbor. Hey, neighbor, how you doing? We got to get together. Isn't it easier to go to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we've got a barbie on tonight. Come on over and have a good steak and have a beer. If you don't drink, don't do that. (laughs) But come over and have a steak and have a beer. Let's just do life and love your neighbor as you love yourself. I guarantee that if you build relationships through love and invitation like that, and here comes the bigger picture, and then when your life groups are meeting and having a day in the park or having a beach day and you say, neighbor, we've got a whole bunch of people going to the beach today. We're going to play volleyball. There's going to be a bit of competition. We're going to throw the stakes on the barbie. You want to come? I reckon your neighbor would go if you had a good relationship, yeah? Just because you're loving them and you got to know them. And then I reckon after a bit of time, you know, if the timing was right, you might say, neighbor, hey, look, got got this group of Christians that meet in my house. You want to come? You know? You already met them all down the beach. They're a good group. You want to come over tonight? It's the Kiwi way. It's the Kiwi way through invitation to do life and to love, not to target. That's So when I think of mission today and I think of how COVID has shaped us as community, I think that's going to be a winner (laughs) because my experience is that and I've told this story but I'll tell it one more time okay Um, so when we were living in Green Bay um, next door neighbor uh, was a solo mum with two kids Uh, one of them was really quite off the rails Um, I had to do some work with Green Bay High School to get him back because he'd been kicked out got him back into school Um, she met a a guy from Whangarei um, a bit of a rough past, and um, he used to stand there sometimes with this other kid, and they'd have knives at each other, and um, the cops would be there, and there was all sorts of that fun stuff going on, you know. Um, I got on really well with them all, you know, like I was just, hey, David, how you going, you know, like he was a good bloke, even though he was a bit rough, he was a good bloke. And um, one day he's sitting in his car, just across from the fence, just, he's sitting there having a red wine. I said, what are you doing, neighbor? He says, oh, I'm just having a, having a drink and listening to some good music. I said, you want to join me? I said, oh, okay, mate, I'll, I'll do that. You know, I'm not a drinker at all, but I went and grabbed the glass and trotted around, sat in the passenger seat, and he poured me a little half glass of red. That was more than enough for me. <laughs> and I just sat there sipping a little wine with him and talking about life. And he said to me, he said, you know, he said, I'll watch you. He said, I'll watch you over the fence. He said, I see what you like with your family. He says, you invite me today, I'll come to church with you. He wasn't a target. I just built relationship. We got to know one another. And he trusted me. He committed suicide a few years after that. 
trusted me so much that I did his funeral for him. Uh, it was a pretty powerful time. But that's what I talk about when I talk about the Kiwi way. The Kiwi way. Hope that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, Matt. Cool. Does anyone want to ask anything as Barry's coming up? Like, is it, does, it, does everyone feel excited? We've got a mission, haven't we? We've got our purpose, right? Which is to find transformed and empowered. There you go. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website, www.gebc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day.